0: Welcome to the Plus Size Traveler Podcast. This is the first dedicated podcast for plus size travelers. You can find us at plussizetravelerpodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram under the Plus Size Traveler Podcast. My name is Adrienne. I'm in Los Angeles and when I'm not traveling, I do multicultural marketing here in LA and I am a torrid size 1820 for reference. I travel every other month for work or pleasure. You can find me at TravelingAdrian.com and on Instagram at TravelingAdrian. This is a special mini episode about visiting the filming locations of Hulu's show Shrill. The second season dropped at the end of January, and both seasons of the show featured some iconic Portland tourist and foodie destinations, and we wanted to talk about experiencing these real-world locations from a traveling perspective. My co-host Lauren is taking a podcast vacation this episode because she hasn't yet had an opportunity to watch the show. So I've invited two Portland locals to guest co-host for this special episode. Rebecca, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Rebecca Alexander, and I'm really glad to be here. I am a tourist size five, I think. It's been a while since I've shopped there. And I'm the founder of the accessibility app, called Algo. You can find out more about us at canweallgo.com. We specialize in plus size accessibility. And I also am the new author of a new book called A Kid's Book About Body Image. So if you're having these conversations about body image or plus size issues with kids in your life, you should check that out. You can get your copy at akidsbookabout.com.
0: What made you decide to write this book? So I've been in, you know,
1: many awkward conversations with five-year-olds that inevitably go something like this. Wow, hi, you're really big. And then I just stutter. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. It's really uncomfortable, and I don't entirely know how to start that conversation. So I started this book as a way to guide myself through those conversations. And then what ended up happening is I really just realized all the ways in which I could have used a book about body image when I was a kid. I recall not wanting to go to the pool because I felt fat as a small child. Children shouldn't be worried about that when it's summer and they want to go to the pool. And so this book was really about kind of breaking down those experiences and helping kids understand the reasons why like we feel this way. And so this is not a typical kind of children's book where there are lots of pictures and fun princesses and superheroes and things like that. This is a book that really focuses on the hard truths around body image that I personally believe like kids are actually ready for the kids in my life. Certainly like when I have had these conversations with them, they understand things like the media and how it makes them feel, right? They know that when they're watching cartoons and somebody pops in with you know, an ad for makeup that they're trying to be sold something that they don't really need. And so this book helps them understand that dynamic between feelings that they have about themselves and the ways in which companies use those feelings to get you to buy their stuff. And so this is a book that is meant to start conversations between kids and their grown-ups. It doesn't pull any punches. It really does get to the heart of body image issues.
0: Let's hear
2: about you, Stephanie. My name is Stephanie Griffin. Thanks for having me included in this conversation. I am a Torrid size 22, 24, or uh, number three. I am a fiber embroidery artist. I am the owner and artist behind Siren Song Stitchery, and I create embroidered wall art, embroidered jewelry, and embroidered clothing.
0: I'm really excited to have you on, Stephanie, because I know that you have provided some of your hand stitch art for Annie and Fran's home on the show. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, it was really exciting. I actually have three of my embroidered wall
2: art pieces in the second season of Shrill, Specifically, they are in the background on the wall in the home
0: of Annie and Fran in Fran's hair studio area. Tell me more about how you were able to provide these pieces to The Shrill Show. Actually, I got a cold email
2: on my Etsy shop from one of the sets production designers saying that they were looking for specifically Portland artists to highlight. And they had found my Instagram and wanted to include some of my black women art in the set. So I was really, really excited because I knew the show. I was already a fan of the show and feeling incredibly honored to be able to include something that I created with my hands in a show like this that means so much to me as a plus-size person, as a plus-size femme, and especially a story like this set in Portland.
0: Shrill is a TV show based on author Lindy West's real-life experiences as a young writer in Seattle. It stars Aidy Bryant from Saturday Night Live. It's set in Portland, Oregon, and I read that Aidy pushed for Portland because she has family connections there and really love the city. And I imagine that the showrunners do get some kind of tax benefit from filming in Oregon. Ladies, what do you think about the show? I thought the show
2: was fantastic. I think Aidy Bryant is hilarious. I think she is incredibly talented. I think The characters surrounding her, her best friend, the boss, the boyfriend, parents, all of the different stories involved are so real, are so true, are so relatable and also funny. There are moments in life that are tough, but being able to find some heartfelt moments, some funny moments was so relatable to me. And the real conversation about being plus size, the real conversation about the way people talk to you, the way people have comments about your body, comments about food that you eat was so real and so raw. It was refreshing and I really enjoyed it.
1: I agree that the show is really fantastic. As a Portlander, I love being able to look for those little hidden Portland insider moments. And for me, the ones that I love the most, they center around Annie's job. So Annie is working for the Weekly Thorn in this TV adaptation of the book. But originally, in Lindy West's actual life, she worked for a paper in Seattle called The Stranger. So in Portland, we do have two weekly papers here. They're called The Willamette Week and Portland Mercury. But both of them, you know, are now getting all of this projection from The Shrill Show onto their staff. And of course, everybody's wondering, all right, well, where does Gabe work? Does he work at the Willamette Week or the Portland Mercury? The truth is none of those. He's based on a character from Lindy West's actual life, which is Dan Savage. He was the former editor-in-chief of The Seattle Stranger. I'm really glad to see the show evolving, and
0: I can't wait for season three. How do you think Shrill has impacted the Portland plus-size community?
2: I think there's been some really, really great community building happening after the filming of very specifically the epic pool party episode in season one. As a plus-size person here in Portland, it was so cool to watch that episode and be able to see a plethora of awesome people that I know. Very much in particular, Kelsey and Beth were two extras in that episode that through the community and the unity and the camaraderie that was built that day through the filming, went from that point and created a Facebook page called Chubhub PDX that has now become a land point for plus size people in Portland. It's a place for resources. It's a place for jokes. It's a place for events. It's a place for, hey, I really need some fishnet stockings in a size 3X. Where's the best place to go? There's so much conversation. People are meeting, people are making friends, being able to see ourselves on television in a positive light, in a way that is celebrating the love of just being comfortable in our skin. I think that's fantastic. And I think specifically for Portland, being able to use that moment in time and galvanize into a community and where there is conversation happening. I'm really excited to be a part of this community, a part of this group, and be able to impact all different kinds of people along the journey. And everybody who identifies as a larger person, we're all at different places, because it's been a Grained in us so deeply and so insidiously to dislike our bodies, to dislike the way that we look, to try and shrink ourselves within society. Being able to come together and support each other, I think is just really, really cool.
1: I think that it's really great to see us represented, as Stephanie said. That is incredibly important. I love that it's on a streaming service. It's really accessible to people of all ages. It's a fantastic show. The stars that they got to participate, from A.D. Bryant to John Cameron Mitchell, those are huge names. Those people have followings that span all kinds of demographics. I will say specifically about the pool party episode that Stephanie was just talking about, that has been really fascinating to watch with my kind of all-go hat on. So we actually saw tons of people starting pool parties in places where they had never existed before. Portland has had fat-positive pool parties for literally decades. They're called Chunky Dunks and they exist in Portland. There are some in the Bay Area and San Francisco by the same name and some in uh, Washington State as well. But Shrill with that pool party episode made everybody want to experience that firsthand. Algo actually ended up putting together a list on our website of all of the body-positive pool parties that we could find in uh, summer of 2019, after the first season of Shrill aired, and it was one of our most popular posts. It still gets a lot of traffic, and we're actually just now talking about like how we are going to make sure that we update that
0: for summer 2020, because I don't think this is going away. Let's talk about some of the iconic Portland locations highlighted in Shrill. I've been to Portland multiple times. I love the super inclusive feeling of the city. There are different neighborhoods, each with its own different vibe. Portland has an incredible food scene from its food truck culture to its brick and mortars. It can't be beat. When I think of Portland, I immediately think of the Alberta Arts District because it was highlighted in the show Portlandia, and that's what made me want to go to Portland. And it's also highlighted a lot in Shrill. The Alberta Arts District has art galleries, cool bars, restaurants, street art. It really is a unique neighborhood that I haven't seen elsewhere. Stephanie, why do you think the Alberta Arts District is highlighted so much in Shrill?
2: It's been a lot of focus on the Alberta Arts District because it is an incredibly vibrant part of our city. It is a historically Black neighborhood in the northeast section of the city. In the last decade or so, there has been a really amazing to watch revitalization of the area with a lot of restaurants coming in, a lot of boutiques, community centers, arts, vintage stores. It just really brought the neighborhood alive. So I think it's a perfect place for anyone who's coming to visit Portland and especially any kind of media that's filmed in Portland to gravitate to that area because it just feels very much alive. There's murals, there's gardens, there's always something to see, there's always something amazing to eat. I mean, it's all there.
0: Let's talk about the iconic Body Positive Pool Party. As I understand it, it took place at the Oregon Golf Club. Do you need to be a member to swim there?
2: So it was at the Oregon Golf Club in Westland, which is a suburb just south of Portland. And unfortunately, it is a members-only country club. So unless you want to sign up as a member, no, it's not open to the public.
0: Let's talk about one of my favorite scenes from the show. It is the strip club buffet interview. I hadn't even thought about including this in the podcast, but Stephanie has a really fun story about this. My best
2: friend got married last summer, and as part of her bachelorette party, we went to dinner and we went on a bit of a tour of some strip clubs. My wonderful father, as part of a gift to my best friend, offered to rent us a 12-passenger van and be our designated driver. He actually showed up to her house in a tuxedo with tails, a gold lame bow tie, and a chauffeur cap, and drove us rowdy bunch of ladies around and we ended up at club Sinrock, rock which is the club that annie does her lunch buffet review in season one and she has that amazing conversation with the dancers that is so matter of fact and so honest i loved it so i thought it was really funny personally having been at that club and that night that my dad drove us around he actually sat outside and let us have our fun it was really great to see that moment on the show Stephanie, that sounds fantastic, and your dad sounds like a champ. And I'm not at all surprised
1: that you all ended up on a tour of strip clubs because, of course, Portland has more strip clubs than any other city per capita, I think, in the world. Definitely in the nation.
0: What an interesting nugget information that is. I would have assumed that Las Vegas would be the capital of strip clubs. Well, thank you, Portland. Let's talk about the skate episode from the last season of Shrill, where the character Ruthie held a 1970s-era-style disco party. And as I understand it, it took place at Oaks Park, roller rink. Oaks Park
1: is down off the Willamette River in this little part of Portland called Selwood. This is another great neighborhood in Portland. And Oaks Park has multiple pieces to it. So there's Park Park that we would all think of where people go and they take their dogs and they run and they play Frisbee and all of that. And then there's Oaks Park, the amusement park, which is exactly what it sounds like, where there are all sorts of rides and carnival games and it's open year round. There is a particular part of Oaks Park, which is the part that was featured on Shrill and that's the roller skating rink. And this is just completely classic in every sense of the word. You know, it's mid-century decor and vibes. And there are lots of different groups that host regular events there. I think the last time I was there, it was for a night called Gay Skate. It's a really fun event. Great music, great vibes. What I personally love about the roller skating rink as a plus size person is that it is a part of Oaks Park that's accessible to me. There are great places to like change into roller skate. There are lots of great sturdy benches and places to take your shoes on and off. And that unfortunately is not true for the rest of Oaks Park. So if you're a plus size person thinking that you're going to go to this amusement park and ride some rides, don't get too excited because chances are the rides probably won't fit. They really need to be updated to reflect the diversity of the human population in terms of body size. It's a great place to go and spend some time and do something fun and unique but uh, maybe skip the rides.
0: Let's talk about one of my favorite scenes from the show where Annie and Fran go to the Corbett Country Store. I've actually been to the store. It is a convenience store that is part of the Lewis and Clark route along the Columbia River Gorge and I think it's super cute.
2: That was so funny to see specifically that scene in the Corbett Country Market. The trail that you're talking about along the historic highway in the Columbia Gorge is so incredibly beautiful i highly recommend anyone who comes to the portland area to go that direction into the gorge there are i think like seven or eight different waterfalls you can see from the road on the historic highway and along that historic highway is this corbett country market which is adorable it's set up like an old school general store and i thought it was really funny that they included that scene in particular where they're at the store and they get those cute little hats was just so funny to me because it's such a little moment in Pacific Northwesterners life that everybody's like, oh my gosh, I've been there. I stopped there for, you know, some pretzels or some coffee or something. And so I thought that was really cute that they added that moment.
0: Moving on to Fran's cousin's wedding. I understand that that took place at the Skamania Lodge, which is on the Washington side of the gorge.
2: The wedding scene was all filmed at Skamania Lodge, which is on the Washington side of the gorge in Stevenson, Washington. And if you're traveling through the area, it is absolutely worth stopping and staying the night or having lunch or doing a round of golf. It is this beautiful resort, hotel, cafe, restaurant. As a Portlander, it was really, really nice to be able to see Shrill highlight this place that is not something that everyone would
0: know. Let's talk about some of the food that has been featured on Shrill. The first restaurant that was recognizable to me was the Super Deluxe Hamburger Stand. I haven't had a chance to eat there. What makes that place so special? Super Deluxe
1: is really cool if you are interested in like the business of food. Their whole business model is actually based around the failure of kind of other fast food restaurants to thrive. So the owner of this company essentially like all these like fast food restaurants going out of business in Portland. I'm not going to say that people in Portland don't eat fast food. We absolutely do. But I think that there are so many other options that sometimes it's difficult. For fast food restaurants that aren't great to thrive here. This uh, entrepreneur who's like famous for several other kind of Portland restaurants, he decided, well, I'm going to take these fast food restaurants that are being abandoned and turn them into something that Portlanders would love. And Super Deluxe is what he came up with. And it's really made to be a Portland version of fast food where you can expect like really high quality, local ingredients and still that fast food experience. The branding on it is fantastic. And it was actually designed by a fat artist. His name is Aaron Draplin. He is an incredibly well-known graphic designer. He actually just designed a postage stand. He lives in Portland. It's just so cool to like see his work get so much recognition. And celebration and so every time I go to Super Deluxe I think of him and you know the role that he played in making it the great hamburger stand that it is.
0: Next up is the restaurant Tusk which was featured in the episode where Annie introduces Ryan to her parents. I've not been to Tusk yet but I did hear really great things about it So Tusk is just
1: fantastic. It is one of the restaurants that I recommend that people go to uh, when they come to town. And part of the reason I recommend it is because there's something there for everyone. So the restaurant is really vegetable forward. (laughs) So if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, this might not show up on like a list of vegan or vegetarian restaurants. But you can go and have a great time because most of the dishes are raw fruits and vegetables with oils and nuts and seeds. (laughs) I know when you say it like that, doesn't sound all that special, but trust me, it is. The chef and kind of creator of the menu, his name's Joshua McFadden, and he came from the number one restaurant in Portland that's known for its salads. He took that expertise taking locally grown produce and
0: turning it into amazing food and open tusks. The next restaurant that is recognizable is the 50 Licks ice cream parlor. I really like 50 Licks. It's more the traditional flavors. It's interesting that they didn't highlight salt and straw, which is I think more of a well-known brown outside of Portland. What are your thoughts?
2: Both are really, really good ice cream. The thing about Salt and Straw is they are really known for their unique and different flavors, which is exciting. Having chocolate ice cream is great. Salt and Straw, having lavender and olive oil is a different kind of experience. Personally, I like the regular chocolate ice cream. 50 Licks is a little bit more of a traditional types of flavors. Both are really good. It kind of depends on what kinds of flavors that you're into.
0: Let's talk about some of the food that has been featured on the show, but not necessarily their brick-and-mortar locations. During the FranFest episode, I noticed there was Hot Lips Pizza. I haven't had a chance to try that. Any thoughts?
2: Portland is a foodie town. There is fantastic food all over the place. And that definitely includes our pizza. Hot Lips is one that has been around for a really long time and is especially good. I have a special love for Hot Lips because they have had a location at Portland State University, which is in downtown Portland. And while I was doing my undergrad, I went every Wednesday afternoon and I sat there, I had my slices, I had my breadsticks. Every Wednesday, for a good year. (laughs) So there's a special place in my heart for Hotland.
0: The beer that was featured during FranFest was from Deschutes Brewery. I really like the Deschutes brick and mortar restaurant, but to be fair, I am not a beer drinker. I have the ciders. Why do you think Deschutes beer was chosen over all the other well-known beer brands in Portland? Deschutes is actually the name of a river in central Oregon. If you are
1: familiar with Bend, Deschutes is the name of the county and the river that Bend is in. And so the shoot Portland location is actually an offshoot, but what it does is it brings that kind of Central Oregon vibe into the city. So it's like this great escape. It's almost like a log cabin kind of interior, and it's got wild game on the menu. Like they have elk and boar and things like that that you wouldn't typically find. And then also just really great beer that is brewed in Central Oregon. It was a total natural fit that
2: Shrill would pick those. I think I'm the only person in Portland who is not a beer drinker since we're known for our microbrews
0: here. But they offer really great options for non-beer drinkers as well. And the food is fantastic. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to discuss about Shrill?
2: Yeah, there was one thing that I thought was really interesting. The writers and the people who put together the show, it was obviously really important for them to have the show reflect a multicultural cast. As a Black woman in Portland, I think a lot of times we are painted as super white, and we are the whitest large city in the country, but we definitely have a diverse community, and it is growing. So as a a Black woman, as a person of color, I thought it was really important and really nice to be able to see that reflected in the television show when it's talking about Portland I completely
1: agree Stephanie and that's actually one of the reasons that I love to hear the story about how you were reached out to by the producers as a fat black artist here in town to have your work showcased on the show also means a lot and for it to be in France space in particular on the show it's really cool because I just can imagine that there are lots of black women in Portland right now with your art on their walls congratulations you and kudos to shrill and just really glad sierra city represented this way
0: we're at the end of the special shrill mini episode of the plus size traveler podcast i want to thank stephanie rebecca for joining us and being our guest co-host for today i want to thank you for listening and i want to thank ad bryant and hulu for bringing shrill to the mainstream audience you can listen to the plus size traveler podcast at plussizetravelerpodcast.com apple or google podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts you can also follow us on facebook and Instagram at the Plus Size Traveler Podcast. Now get out there and explore, you fellow Plus Size Travelers. Mahalo!